0: Hello and thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Minister John Richard and this podcast is an account of this week's Bible study. I pray that it blesses and strengthens you in Jesus name. If you are looking for more of the word or are searching for the notes that were used in this week's lesson, please feel free to check the links in the description. Enjoy the Bible study and be blessed. Heavenly Father, we come before you in prayer just saying thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for another opportunity to come before your throne of grace as a family and to learn just that much more about you. Father, I ask that you would sit me, J.R. the man, down and that you, O sovereign Lord, would rise up big inside of me, placing your words upon my lips. Father, have your way in this gathering tonight, Lord. Let your will be done. Proclaim a word of truth that goes out to each and every one of our hearts, giving us exactly what it is that we need from you, Lord. It's these things we thank you for. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. All right, everyone. So, for a Bible study tonight, it is another one of those moments where God has really just kind of brought me through the trenches to give you something. Now, whenever these things happen, it's not that, you know, I'm ever really upset about something, but it's the fact that, God can use those life moments that we go through, and He can go ahead and make it so that we can have something we can relate to. Because as people, we learn best when we have a relatable experience or a relatable event. Or, you know, in the greatest case of all, God Himself coming down in the form of a person like you and me, we can relate to the experiences. <clears throat> that he talks about, we can relate to all the different things that the Lord says, because not only is he talking about, you know, how to live a, a holy and a just life, but he's telling it to us from the stance of being a person, not just, oh, he's God, he knows everything, but no, yes, he's God, but also he walked the the whole race in our shoes just like you and me so that we could have an opportunity to have a great example and it's because of this why God is so good so what we'll be talking about tonight is again like I said something he kind of just brought me through and something I know we all experience at one point or another in life and that's that's fear You know, even the Lord himself, while he was here, getting prepared to fulfill the promise, to to give us exactly that, that way that needed to be made, to give us redemption, to give us a way to him. In the garden of Gethsemane, as he was praying, he was grief stricken. He was, you know, in shambles, as we say, so much so that as he prayed, he sweat droplets of blood and I don't know if you understand how insane that is sweat is like water almost it's very easy to come out your pores they're so little you can't see them without a microscope but for blood to come out not only is he in so much distress to where blood is just dripping from him, but also the fact that biologically speaking, that had to be so painful because he knew what he had to go deal with. It's not that him and his his godship was like, I don't want to go through with this. It's like, no, I know the plan. But as a person, if you know that you're about to die, that doesn't sit right with you. And Jesus being the man that he was, but also God said one of my favorite prayers, and then we'll get into some scripture. He said, Lord, and we can substitute words here to make it fit us. I don't really want to go through this situation. So if you would, could you please remove this tribulation, this trial, this mountain, this whatever from me? I really don't want to deal with this. I'd prefer if I didn't have to. But it's not about what I want necessarily, Lord. It's about your will being done. And when we pray that kind of prayer, regardless of our emotions, because we know we've talked about it in Bible study previously, wisdom says to slow down while your emotions or your feelings or your heart, as the Bible says, says to speed up, go ahead, hurry up and do it. This sounds like a good idea. But that prayer, the Lord is showing us the, not only the duality of man, but how to be a good child of God. It's not about how I'm feeling in the situation, Lord. It's about your will, it getting done. And I know that you can help get me through this. So let's, let's talk about some scripture. The first scripture that we're going to be taking a look at is going to be from Joshua chapter one, verses eight through nine, uh, Isaiah 41 verse 10 and Philippians chapter four, verses six through nine. And so the Bible says, don't be afraid for I am with you. Don't be discouraged for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand or as the King James says his right hand of victory. Then jumping over to Isaiah study this book of instruction continually. Well actually excuse me I have those two reversed so I need to fix this when I give you all a pdf later. Uh, this first scripture is from Isaiah forty-one ten. This next part is from Joshua. So like I said, I just had them out of order, but continuing in Joshua. Now it says, study this book of instruction continually, meditate on it day and night. So you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be terrified or dismayed or intimidated for the Lord, your God is with you wherever you go. And then in Philippians chapter four, the Bible tells us to not be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything, every circumstance and situation that we could possibly go through, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving to continue to make your specific request known to God. All this means simply is that whatever you're going through, pray about it. Don't keep it to yourself, but pray about it. Give it to your father. And when you do, you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand or <clears throat> or it surpasses all understanding. His peace. Notice that his is very capital here. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. So here's something that I truly love about scripture, as we begin to break this down. In scripture, in almost every verse where it's telling us there is a promise for us, just like God, just like the Bible says that God will strengthen us, that he will keep us, that we will have his perfect peace. Every time there is a promise in scripture <clears throat> almost always in that same verse, the verse prior or the verse right after, it tells us how we get that promise, how we get that power, that breakthrough, that whatever. It tells us exactly how we do it. And in I, in, in Isaiah forty-one ten, <clears throat> God is telling us right there, right then, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Don't be dismayed. Don't be intimidated. Don't be anything of that matter. For I am, God is telling you straight up. At this point in time, he's still going by his covenant name in the book of Isaiah. So Yahweh, which is I am, he's saying that I am your God. You want it transliterated? Yahweh, the one that made you this promise, is your God. I will strengthen you. God is making you a promise right there. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my right hand of victory or my victorious right hand. So how do we get the victory? How do we not be afraid? Simple. We let God be our God. How do we do that? Well, to skip far, far ahead and touch upon almost every lesson we've ever had together, you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You take a look at your life after you've heard the gospel which is the testimony of who God is through the embodiment of Jesus <clears throat> and you say you know what I've been doing this wrong and f- apparently from when I'm hearing God you only want what's best for me. So I'm sorry. I I re- I repent of my sins and I want you to be my God. I want to actually live this life. I don't want to just fumble through it. I don't want to keep falling and making the same mistakes over and over and over again and feeling alone and scared and terrified. I don't want to keep doing that. I want to be with you. And when we pray a prayer of repentance, when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior and we make the 180 and we walk in the opposite direction and keep going forward, well, now God is our God. What this scripture is saying before we break down the rest. It's not saying that you can't be afraid of a situation or have a little fear of something. That's, that's a part of this human gambit that we're in. Something bad happens, something that could cause a scare, you feel afraid. You begin to feel fear mess with you to a degree. But what God is saying is, is that that fear is a natural reaction. Stick with me here of being human, of just living this life. But what you can do is respond to the fear by letting God be your God, by realizing that there isn't anything that could happen in this life where God will not protect you. He says it in the exact next sentence that he will hold you up and that he will give you victory because he's victorious I can't think of where exactly it says in the Bible, or it may just be from um, the gospel song, which name I can't even draw out right now. But it says that my name is victory because God gave me that name. God has already won this fight. He's won the war. He's won every battle that you'll face. He's overcome the world itself out of his own mouth. He tells you that to let you know that there is nothing to be afraid of. Yes, there are some things that can be scary in life. Change is scary. Growth is scary. Starting a new job, a new position is scary. Going through something traumatic is scary. Anything can be frightful, but That's just the natural reaction to the situation. But as we've been talking about almost all year now, since we got here in 2022, it's the simple thing that you don't have to give light to the reaction. This part of you, the body, it's going to do that on its own. But the real you, your spirit man, the one that is now one with God, the substantiality that we talk about, the oneness, the thing that nothing and all of existence on earth, above it, below it or anywhere else can separate you from God's love. It's that blessed assurance that we have with God that gives us the strength, the courage, the peace, the resolve and the wisdom to say, though this is scary, I don't have to be afraid because my God has already overcome whatever this is for me, the situation, the, the split, the whatever it is, the lack of resources, it does not matter. He's overcome it all just for you. Then we go on to the book of Joshua, where Moses is relaying, uh, you know, some important things to Joshua, because now he's about to be in charge. He's telling him to study continually. And that's, that's, that's exactly what it's saying to us right now, that when we meditate on the word of God, both day and night, that when we think about it, not only will we be sure to do our very best to not sin against him, but to keep the word, it also helps us to strengthen us. It reminds us that here we go again, that the Lord says, have I not commanded you? Meaning, haven't I already told you to be strong and be courageous? to not be terrified, to not be dismayed, intimidated, afraid, any of that, but be strong because I'm your strength. Be courageous because I got you. And when you just keep your mind stayed on me, well, I'm going to take care of you. And finally, Philippians, and then we'll move on. One of my favorite verses that in the NLT, this says to do not be worried about anything. Instead, pray about everything. That's just a simple breakdown of this. The Amplified shows us that in every circumstance and situation, just as the King James puts it, that we can take our specific requests to God. Prayer is so much more than just, Lord, Thank you for waking me up this morning. Thank you for this, for that. I pray that I have a good day. You know, that's that's wonderful. I'm not telling you don't pray those kinds of prayers. But but what I'm telling you is because we've talked about prayer before, get specific with God. I had a conversation with my brother, Broderick, a few days ago, and he told me it seems like every time I pray a specific prayer to the Lord, it gets answered almost instantly. I've heard so many people say that I can say that, that when I pray an instant, uh, you know, a very specific prayer, it seems like God just works on it instantaneously. Well, I won't get ahead of myself right now, but we're, we're going to find out why it feels so instantaneous. And I might as well. It's because God knows your prayers before you even pray them, meaning he knows the needs that you have before he gets to them. So if he knows something like that, doesn't that also mean that he knows we're going to come up against some things that seem scary in life? We might end up in some situations that make us truly feel afraid or feel worried or feel anxious or feel any part of this human condition of ours where our emotions tend to, excuse me, they tend to seem to just spiral out of control. Well, I'm here to remind you that you don't have to give way to the reactions that just naturally occur, but respond by speaking peace to the storms of your life, by preaching to yourself, by reminding yourself of the promises that your father has made to you, that there is nothing in this life that you should have to ever fear, because the scariest thing most of us are afraid of, death, isn't even a concern for us anymore. The Bible says to live is for Christ, meaning our life's purpose is to serve our father. And that could be in any myriad of ways. And to die is to gain. Why? Because though we're blessed now and we're being blessed with resources, things, connections, growth, whatever it may be, the promise of eternal life, we don't we don't see that until we leave this body. So when we leave, what happens? We get the, the the second part of this wonderful journey that we go on, the part where we can rest, really rest in the Lord, where the job here is done and we're finally off the clock and we can just go be with our Lord. Because he said one of my favorite things that he's ever said in the Bible is that I'm going to prepare a place for you. And when it's ready, I will personally come get you so that you can be where I am. I I don't think we get that sometimes, that even the thought of heaven doesn't really sound that good if God wouldn't be there. But what God is saying is that that for you and for me, that we're going to be with him where he is. So there is literally nothing to be afraid of, because while we're waiting on that, he reminds us here that he's with us every step of the way and everything we go through, the good, the bad, the the neutral, as we would say, all of it. God is with us. So fear, yeah, it can happen, but we don't have to let it grow. Because when we start to give in to the fear, to the anxiety, to everything else, what are we actually saying? Do we not trust God? Has He not gotten us through something similar a billion times before? If He's brought us this far, why can't He keep taking us further? But that again, that's that that's something for a different day. So we'll go ahead and and go ahead and look at some more scripture. For our next set of scriptures, we take a look at Isaiah chapter 26, uh, verses three through four, Deuteronomy 31, verses six through eight, and Psalms 139, one through five, and we'll cap it off with John 16, verse 33. The Bible says you will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for in Yah, the Lord, is everlasting strength. Deuteronomy says, so be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid and do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you, meaning he goes and prepares the way for you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. We just said it. Then Moses called for Joshua and as all Israel watched, he said to him, "Be strong and courageous. There it is again, and you will lead these people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors He would give them. You are the one who will divide it among them as uh, their grants of land. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the the Lord will personally go ahead of you. We've been reaffirmed again. He will be with you. He will neither fail you." nor abandon you. That's twice in the same stanza of scripture where we've been reaffirmed that God goes ahead of us to prepare the way, and he's with us every step of the way. He cannot fail us, will not fail us, and he won't leave us. That's a beautiful promise. Psalms 139 says, "O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. We don't even know everything about ourselves, but God does. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I am going to say even before I say it. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. And then Jesus says, I have told you this. I've told you all this so that you may have what in me? Peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart or be of good courage, be of good cheer. I have. Who did it? You didn't do it. Jesus did it. He's overcome the world, the world being the gambit of every issue, every Trial tribulation, every misstep setback, anything that can go wrong that will go wrong, he's beaten that just for you. now, why is this so important well let's let's take a quick step back real quick to Philippians chapter four. The Bible tells us that when we experience god's peace, which understand which surpasses anything we can begin to understand that peace of his will guard our hearts and minds as we do what? As we live inside of Christ Jesus, or if we use our vocabulary, as we abide inside of him. To quote Jesus again, he says that he is the vine and we are the branches. And when we're connected to him, we have the ability to grow, that the father is the the vine dresser or the gardener and that his job is to prune us now I don't know if you know what pruning is but I will tell you pruning is when a gardener snips away certain parts of a plant whatever uh, vegetation is trying to grow in order to help it grow better to grow stronger to grow healthier So while we live inside of Christ Jesus or while we abide inside the Lord, when we root ourselves in him and when we let those roots grow deep so that when the the issues of life start to plague us, we don't blow away in the wind, but instead we just stand still and we stand firm because we know that no matter what happens, what things may frighten us or scare us or try to send us away, God has us. That's a it's um it's it's kind of like what the what the preamble the preamble says it's an inalienable right that we have being children of God that he just does not quit on us. We may want to quit but he does not. And so as we live inside of Christ Jesus as we experience these different blessings, well what happens? we can take heart. We can be of good courage, be of good cheer because God is doing everything and has already done it and continues to do it to make sure that we're good. There is nothing to be afraid of. A few years ago, when I discovered Isaiah 26 uh, verses three through four for myself, it really stuck with me because it says that, and it it goes in conjunction with Philippians 2, chapter four here, that when we keep our minds stayed on the Lord, that he personally keeps us in perfect peace with him, that we can trust in him period. Why? Because he never does anything to give us a reason not to, but instead he gives you so many reasons to just praise him, to just say, thank you, Lord, to talk to him, both when you're having a bad day and when you're having a great day, because he's more than just a way maker, more than just a savior, someone to give you blessings, but he's what your father, you've been spending time with him. We call him Abba Father. We'll get to that next. But the point of all of this is to do exactly what we see in Deuteronomy 31 to reaffirm you that it doesn't matter what's going on, that you don't have to be afraid to share personal testimony with you. Um, going back to the conversation I was having with my brother, I was telling him, bro, this month has been extremely rough for me because uh, the work that I do, it, it's like a bi-monthly thing, right? So if I don't work prior, then whenever there's supposed to be a payday, there is no pay. So it's been like that for this month because all last month there was no work simply because the the classes that I work with all start tomorrow, well, Monday. So with that, you can only imagine it's rough. Things are, are rough. There's only so much um, fiscal Tetris that one person can play before it's like, all right, well, God, um, here I am. <laughs> I don't know what to do. And there are so many points in our lives where we get to that. And I feel, I feel a lot of those conversations from my aunts, my uncles, my parents, my grandparents, especially, where that just keep living starts to set in, where you start to see why sometimes, especially older saints in Christ, they just, they, they thank him in such a very peculiar way. That praise seems to be so anointed, not just because they love the Lord, but because of all that they've been brought through. And when you start to experience stuff like that, like I shared with you guys last week, that um, even when it, when the Lord may not answer that prayer, when you feel you need it, it's not because he's saying no, it's because In so many situations, yeah, we know God will provide. That's not the problem. But the problem is, will we still praise him? Will we still worship him? Even if what we feel we may need in that moment, because it all comes back to where we feel. But that's not it. It's about what God's will is for us. Can we still praise him? Can we still worship him? Can we still say thank you, Lord, just by being woken up in the morning, even if something isn't paid or maybe it's late or whatever it may be, or you find yourself in some situation where you're panicking and you have no idea what to do, but because God is so good, he will talk you through the situation. He will guide you through the situation. He will put the answer right in front of you. And then instead of giving you time to say, well, I guess I'll choose this. He will push you toward it because you're his baby and he loves you and he's going to take care of you. I'm telling you all this to tell you from personal experiences and anyone else who's just living life as a, as a child of God, that we know that when things get scary, who's always there? Daddy's there. He's there to make sure we're good, to take us through it, to, to push us forward, that if we feel like we're stumbling to pick us up, to give you a blessing that you didn't even know was on its way because you prayed that prayer and you still gave him the praise, not because you the, the blessing seemed delayed to you, but because he's worthy of the praise like the gospel song says, if he doesn't do another thing for me, he's already done enough by just saving you and putting you on the path to, to, um, to eternal life. He's done enough by waking you up in the morning. He's done enough by letting you see more than a day of life. He's done enough. But the thing about God that's so great the God that we serve is that he's not done yet. He has so much more he wants to do. My favorite verse of scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14, God knows the plans he has for you and for me, and therefore good, not evil. So if you're afraid of something, remember That God's plan for you isn't to take you out of here. It's to build you up. It's to help you grow. It's to help you become perfected in your faith. It's to help you be a very clean and spotless mirror so that when other people see you, that all they see is the reflection of your Father, Christ the Lord, shining directly at them so that they too can start to embrace that warmth, that they can come out of the darkness, that they can walk out of that that cell that doesn't even have a lock, that they can shake off those chains that don't even have shackles anymore, that they can actually get up and live a life, not chase a bag and confuse themselves, but that they can be uniquely them inside of Christ Jesus because your true identity, according to the book of Colossians, is all wrapped up inside of him. So whatever irrationalities we may feel like we have, whatever things may not be going according to our plan. Just know God has a plan and it's for good, not for evil. It's to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future. It's to make sure that when you feel down and out, when you feel low, when you feel like you're scratching the bottom of the barrel, when you're scratching your head because you don't know what to do, when you feel like you're in a tiny four by four box with no window, no door, no, no, nothing. It's just you in there that guess what? It's never just you. It's God. That when you feel like life is rough, remember, there are two footprints in the sand. And for the bulk of that journey, there's only one. And it's not because you're walking alone. It's because God is carrying you through in his arms, lovingly reminding you how much he loves you and how much he wants to do for you to help you to bless you to be a blessing to the next person so that they too can share in this wonderful experience of having a personal relationship with God Almighty. That's the kind of God we serve. That's the reason why you don't have to be afraid. Why when things seem so tough while you have the anxieties, while you're worried about things because you're concerned if something's going to get cut off that month or you don't know how you're going to make it out of this issue or this situation or this storm or whatever it is because you can't even think straight. You're so flustered or confused or afraid or whatever it may be. Remember, God has you that when you call upon that matchless name, Jesus, that the demons begin to tremble and flee and run away because they know that when Jesus is in the midst of the situation, they can't do anything except what he would allow them to do. Well, let me remind you what the demons are allowed to do. They're allowed to get out of the way. That's the best they can do, because according to the Bible, that thing that we meditate on day and night, and I will move on and get you out of here, that there is no weapon that the enemy could ever try to form that would work against you. I'm pointing to you directly because I'm talking to you personally. Nothing that Satan would try can ever prevail in your life because God said no, and his no means no. to, to remind you of a little more scripture there, that when God closes a door, meaning the enemy's access to your life, that no one, nothing in all of existence can open that door. From that point forward, you are eternally set in stone as God's child. And anything that the enemy tries to do is considered trespassing, and he has a lot to deal with there. Because I would hate to think of just how angry God gets when someone messes with his babies, let alone the enemy himself. So keep that in mind. Now remember, it's perfectly fine. It's okay to be afraid to get there. It's a part of your human existence. We get afraid, we get scared, but don't give in to it. That's not what this relationship is for to skip ahead real quick before I get there, God doesn't give us a spirit of fear. That's not of him. What he's telling us here, what I'm helping convey to you is, is that yes, you might feel afraid. That's the reaction of your flesh, but your spirit knows good and well. And let God, your father, remind you that there is nothing to fear, nothing at all. No one on this planet. What can they do to you? Like God, um, out of his own mouth. He said, you know, why be afraid of man who can only kill your body? Instead, be afraid of God who can kill your body and destroy your spirit by putting it in hell. Remember that as well. And then we'll move forward that the master of hell is not Satan. He's a captive there too. God is the one in charge of all of this. He's the one you talk to when you need answers. He's the one you go to when you feel afraid and need safety because his name alone is the strong tower, that when you go to him, that he will cover you in in his wings, that he will protect you, that by his victorious right hand or his right hand of victory, however you want to say it, he will personally assure your victory because he's already won. So whatever it is, don't be afraid of it. Embrace God in the situation. It's easier said than done in a lot of cases, but I promise you practice makes perfect. As I prayed and prayed and prayed throughout the beginning half of this month, it's Lord, I I literally don't know what to do. It's you and me. I know I've prayed this prayer with you before. I know I've prayed for resources, for a change of scenery, for something to just make this better, because personally, I'm tired of struggling. But God, I know you got me. And God Himself has reassured us here that He has you. And like I've told you before, when God says, I got you, take it to the bank because He means that. And what does God do? He provides a way out of no way. He sends the resources. He gives you something you weren't even expecting to receive, like He did for me just the other day, to make sure that you're taken care of, to make sure that there's extra, that you can get to a point in your life where you live off the resources or the overflow from the blessings that he's given you. But let, let me get you home because I, I really am getting excited here. So to, to cap this this reminder of why we shouldn't be afraid of things is from Romans chapter 6, verses 20 through 23, Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 2, and then we'll skip down to verses uh, 12 through 17. The Bible says, when you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do Right. And what was the result? You are now ashamed of the things you used to do. I know I am and things that end in eternal doom. But now there's that word, the word that completely annihilates everything behind it, the word that tells us because we now belong to God, here's what we get. But now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. Now, remember, we've talked about slavery in terms of being slaves to God. It's not in the sense that we're being forced to do a thing. No, it's that we are so crazy about the Lord that we are so gung ho to want to see other people get out of the darkness to help bring them into the family, to help them live, to help them grow, to just reassure them that they're not alone in this life, but that there is a God whose name is Jesus. He's alive and well and wants to be their father. And he has a big family to give them and we're a part of it. That we work as if we were slaves, ceaselessly, just doing everything we can with all the power God gives us to make sure that they know that they are loved that there is a way and his name is Jesus because he's the way, the truth, the life, the light. He is everything in between, that he is there for you and there is nothing to fear. That's the kind of slavery that the Bible talks about when it says that we are slaves of God. So continuing, now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but there's the but again. The free gift of God is eternal life, not through your good deeds because we don't have those, not through hard work because we can't work hard enough, but it's all through Christ Jesus our Lord. Going on down to chapter 8, the Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation, meaning there is nothing to be afraid of. Yeah, you still make mistakes as a saved person. But don't worry about it, because your heart stance isn't saying I'm going to go do wrong anymore. It's saying I want to please you, God. I just still have some issues that you're helping me work out. So there is therefore no now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, meaning we don't do what this thing feels like, but instead, according to the spirit, meaning we want to please God and because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Verse 12, therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. We're going to talk about that. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if, here we go again, through the power of the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. Just like I explained to you earlier, Scripture will always tell you how to get the promise, and there's the answer. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves, meaning there is nothing to be afraid of. Instead, you received God's Spirit, when he adopted you as his own children. And now we call him Abba Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. Now, here's the thing about that. The Bible tells us, I believe, um, in the book of Psalms, if not Psalms, in the book of Proverbs, one of the two, that, uh, you know, suffering endures but for a night, but joy comes in the morning. We know that according to scripture that the Lord is referred to as the morning star. So if we combine the two and we put place ourselves in the middle of the situation we can not assume, but we, can, we have a guarantee here that if we live life in Christ, who is the morning star, the great morning star, then we live in joy. There is no sorrow. Does that mean that bad things won't happen? Of course not. We just read for ourselves and Jesus himself told us earlier that there will be trials and tribulations in life. But what he did tell us is that even though those things will happen, I have overcome all of it for you, that I have come to give you joy and that your joy might be abundant, that the gift God gives us is a peace of heart and peace of mind, that these things the world cannot give you. And it what? Here's the kicker. It cannot take it away from you. So when God blesses you with something, it's yours. Nothing, no one, eh, it's yours permanently forever and ever. Amen. His love, yours forever. You're his. That's it. Eternal life. That's yours. It's done. It's there. It's forever. That's it your peace of mind and peace of heart because you know Abba Father has you. He's gone ahead of you to prepare the way. He follows behind you to make sure that you stay on path. He's on each side holding you up to make sure that when you get a little weary, you don't fall off the path that no matter what may happen in life, that he's the foundation of your life because he is now your life. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. He's your beginning and your end, your alpha and your omega. He's your first and last. He is the yes and the amen as we pray our prayers. He is your everything. So what I would like to just give you and leave you with, if it hasn't been painfully obvious in this lesson, that Though things may seem scary, you may be afraid in a few situations. You might even have a little fear creep up. That's the reaction to the situation. But to respond to the situation is to say, But God annihilate everything else that Satan was trying to whisper into your ear because he's a liar and the father of lies. There is no truth in him, and it's so far off from him, they'll never meet. But God says but baby didn't I already bring you through this and that and those things over there yes you did father so won't I also be able to take you through this as well you will all right then so what did I tell you that you'd give me joy and that the joy you'd give me would be abundant. Exactly. What else did I tell you? That if I would just pray about the thing, if I would talk to you about any situation, that you would give me a peace which surpasses all understanding. And haven't I done that before? Aren't I doing it right now as we have this conversation? You are, Father. And what else did I tell you? That if I were to just keep my mind on you, and all the things that are good and just and true and admirable and holy, that in that situation that you yourself, the God of peace, would be right there in the midst of the storm with me. Well, aren't I here, baby? You are, Lord. Everything that Satan tries to do is to trick you But see, the thing about knowing the test answers is, is that you can't be tricked if you already know the answer. It's different when you have to guess. You're unsure. But God doesn't have us playing a guessing game. We're playing a a truth or false game. And the answer is quite simple. It's always true. God is true. Everything he tells us is true, not just because he's God almighty, but because he gives us the evidence to back it up. We're not working in a a ceaseless foundation here. We have everything that we need right there with God co-signing it to let you know that you're not alone. There's nothing to be afraid of. He loves you extremely, extremely so. And that he will be there with you every step of the way until he takes you home and you hear those words, Well done, my good and faithful servant. And after you hear it, it's not done. You get to spend all of eternity with him, relaxing, doing whatever marvelous thing I'm sure the Lord will have prepared for us. So just keep that in mind. Next time you get put in a situation and you feel a little anxious, pray, watch things change. Speak life to the situation. God gave us the test answer. On this day, you have placed before you life and death, and I tell you choose life, meaning choose me. Let me handle the situation. Don't you focus on it because I didn't design you for that. I designed you to be an instrument of worship and praise, and I want to love you. That's it. So Heavenly Father, we come before you just saying thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you so much that we understand no matter what thing we go through in life, no matter what emotion may spur from the moment, that those are just the reactions that naturally occur. But God, we thank you so much that we don't live in the reaction, but that we live with you in the response, Lord, that when something is scary, that we can give it to you. And Father, not only will you take the fear away, but you'll encourage us, you'll strengthen us, you'll continue to love us through it, that you'll lead us out of the situation, that you'll help push us through the mountain, God, that God, no matter what we go through, that you've already prepared the way for us, meaning you've gone ahead, you scouted it out, you cleared it, you built the way because you are the way, Lord. And that as we begin to walk on the path that you set for us, you walk with us hand in hand, leading us down the path because you know it down to the last Adam, that you place there, Lord, that you follow behind us to make sure that nothing or no one can hurt us, God, or catch us off guard, that you're on each side protecting us, making sure that if we feel a little faint, that we won't fall, but that God will be submitted inside of you. And Father, for that alone, we just say thank you. Lord, I ask right now that if there's anyone listening to what you've had to say tonight, that the blood of Jesus would be pleaded over their life, that if there are anything that they're dealing with, Lord, that makes them feel afraid or nervous or anxious, or that if there's some trauma that's unresolved, that, Father, you would just touch their hearts right now and that you would melt it with the fervor of your fiery love and that you would remind them of how just good of a father that you are to us not just you being God, not just you being a savior or a way maker or anything else, but that Lord, that you're a wonderful father to us, that you teach us, that you love us, that you nurture us, that you help us see it all through. And for that again, Lord, we just say thank you. Lord, I ask that you would just touch all those who are in need right now, Lord, that you would be the answer to their need, that it's not the resources that we should be turning to, but that it's you, the source, who we should be seeking. And Father, I ask that you would allow us to seek you more and more each day, that as we continue to go on, that we would just call on you because we need you so desperately, Lord that no matter what the situation is, that we're reminded that you're there every single step of the way, that you will never leave us, never forsake us, you'll never abandon us, and you'll never fail us. So Lord, we say thank you, we love you, and we'll be sure to give your name all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory which you so rightly deserve. It's these things we thank you for. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Hey family, i pray the lesson has blessed you in some way shape form or fashion today each week we hold bible study on zoom and it would be wonderful to share this experience with you if something was said that resonated with you and you aren't a part of the family i would like to open the invitation to join i pray that the lord blesses you in all of your endeavors and that you chase after the prize which is jesus See you next week, God willing, and be blessed.